Hey, everybody. I am so excited. We have a very, very special member of the month. This is our first Baltarage mama to be on the member of the month series. She has a daughter that's 11 who grew up with alopecia and I feel like they are the alopecia gods. I feel like you guys know everything about it. Um, we've known each other for like two years. I feel like I've watched Allie, her daughter grow up these past two years and without further ado, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Susan Nicholas. Um, I have a daughter that is uh, 11 who was diagnosed with alopecia universalis at age two. Um, we also have a son named Jake who is seven and he doesn't have alopecia. Um, Allie was two when she lost her hair and my husband is in the Navy. And so we are active duty. We move about every two to three years. So we were currently, or in that time, we were stationed in Lemoore, California, and um, he was actually deployed during the time she lost her hair. So it was an interesting journey for us. Um, we have since moved three times since she lost her hair, and we currently live in Memphis, Tennessee. Wow, I didn't realize that he was deployed when she lost mm -hmm. her hair. Yeah. Well, that's a perfect leeway in our next question. Yeah. Um, walk us through the whole backstory of when she first was diagnosed, how it was falling out. Like, give us the whole lowdown of, she was two, right? Yes, yes. Allie um, had very long hair. Um, just, she was a girl. She's my first baby. So she, um, but she was never sick. Looking back, I can see how that all kind of played into it. Um, but she was never sick. So at about... 20 months old, she started running fevers, very high fevers, 104 fevers, where we were in the ER, in the doctor's office. Um, they would do everything to the point where they were, at one point, they did a catheter on her. They couldn't find anything wrong with her while her body was trying to fight an infection. And so um, time went on, we got no answers. And then she turned two in September. And literally four weeks later, she started losing hair. And um, as I said before, her dad was gone. Um, it was just me and her. We're originally from Indiana, just a little backstory. So I'm in California. My family, everyone I know is in Indiana and this is happening. So um, he was due to be home in a couple weeks and I was texting him and sending him pictures. And I'm like, am I just being crazy? Like, are you noticing this? And he's like, well, yeah, but she never lost her hair as a baby. You know, when they kind of bald back there from laying down, he's like, maybe it's just baby hair. And we kind of played it off. Um, and she, at that time she was healthy, no fevers, nothing going on. And then um, the day he got off the plane and we picked him up, she was buckled in the back seat and he got in the car and he looked back and I remember him looking forward and just stopping. And he said, wow, he said, you know, you were sending me the pictures, I'm seeing it, but like to see it in person, like this is really happening. And I'm like, yeah, like I, you know, but at that time I just was, you know, in denial pretty much. I'm just like, oh, you know, nothing. Mm -hmm. So we made her a doctor's appointment and this was about, for three, four weeks into her losing her hair. And um, we have um, military insurance and where we were stationed, she was seeing my doctor. She wasn't seeing a child doctor. So it, it was kind of like, oh, that's normal. She's losing her hair. And I'm like, as a mom, it, we, we just, I was not okay with it. Um, we let it go pretty far because we were in denial. And um, looking back at pictures, I think, wow, how did we let her walk around with I mean, she literally just had pieces of hair sticking out of her head. So um, we decided to shave it. Um, her dad has shaved his hair since we've been married 20 years, probably 18 of our years of our marriage, he shaved his hair. 
So she has always seen dad with no hair. So they kind of had a shaving party and she loved it. And she looked in the mirror and the first word she said was, how pretty or something. I'm pretty or something. And so we washed her up and got the hair off of her and she just kept going. Like, you know, I think the most frustrating part for her was she would bring me the hair when it was falling out. Um, I remember one time a friend and I, because both our husbands were gone and we went on a trip and Allie was fussing in the back seat and I was like, what's wrong with her? And I'm driving. She's like, don't worry, I took care of her. And literally pulled into the parking lot and we stopped and she handed me a bunch of hair and she was like, this was on her teddy bear. And I like it. Then I was oh. like, yeah, and that's when I opened up to my friend. I'm like, this is happening. I'm not sure. And she was a nurse and she's like, yeah, I don't, I've never seen anything like this either. So we just slowly went through the process and then we shaved her head. Her hair never came back. And then about four months later, she lost her lashes and her brows. Wow. I did not know this whole backstory. So did they ever figure out like what the fevers were? Okay. So going back to the fevers. So when she first was being diagnosed, they were saying the reason she lost her hair, I guess when babies or young people run high fevers, it can kill the hair if it's in a certain growth period. Um, I don't know the details to this, but something about it could fall out, but they said, oh, it'll, it'll recycle and grow back. It just, it killed it in that process. So she will grow it back. So then, the, you know, that didn't happen. And then the next part was they said she was pulling out her own hair. And I was like, mm, I, I don't know. Like, I don't see that. Like she, it was fall. She was bringing me clumps of hair, but it was because it was in her way. It was bothering her. And so come looking back now that we've seen the doctors that we've seen, the fevers were her body attacking her hair. And so that's why they happened about six months leading up to her losing her hair. So that was her body, her immune system attacking the hair. And then it slowly fell out after. And she's never had hair regrowth ever. Never, never. She actually just got lashes about a year and a half ago and has kept them. They're very thin, but she does have lashes that never regrowth on her hair. She'll get some wild, like long hair right. once in a while. And it's always in the summer. It's super funny that it's a certain time of year, but they always go away. And so she's we, like, get it, get it gone, right? She yes, doesn't want it. Yeah. She, she's like, dad, shave it off. Like, but it. never enough for her to grow it back. Um, what would, how did you feel when this was all happening? Sounds insanely overwhelming to be a new mom, but like, what were all the emotions? And then can you walk us through the past eight years or uh, nine years up, like your emotions through all of it until yeah. you're at now? So I, I was scared at first denial, probably a little, mm. and, then I, and then it became when, when Jason came home and, and kind of confirmed, like, this is happening, Susan. Then I was like, Oh, so then we were scared. Um, I think I got a little frustrated in the process because the doctors were acting like it wasn't a big deal. And I was scared for her not having hair. I had a, a daughter, you know, I'm a new mom. And I'm just thinking of all the fears coming up in her life with right. this. But I think this, when I got really scared is I wanted, I wanted to make sure she was healthy. That was my biggest concern. And I wasn't getting the answers I wanted from the doctors. They weren't giving me, you know, I'm like, I want an allergy test. I want blood work. I want things. I just want to check all the boxes as a mom to know that I'm not overlooking anything because I had no, I've never heard about my hair. My sister's a hairdresser. I mean, she had heard of it, but like, she'd never even seen it before. Right. So this was so foreign to us. We had no idea what we were dealing with. And for everyone to just be like, ah, it's not a big deal. It was just frustrating. Um, then I turned angry, I think, just uh, not knowing what was going to happen. Um, no answers. I couldn't get answers. And as a mom, you, you know, your job is to protect your kids. And so did they, they no answers. They knew it was alopecia, but you didn't know like 
why, how to change, how to fix it. Like you had no answers as to what exactly was causing all of this. Correct. And then we finally did get it to go to the University of San Francisco and see a dermatologist. And I'm so thankful. And we walked in and this poor gentleman, I don't, if looks could kill, I probably would have dropped him dead right there, but he had a beard and he said, oh, this is alopecia. See this little spot on my beard? I don't grow hair there. I have it too. And I was just like, I was so excited to wait for this specialist and get in this appointment. And then that's the first words out of his mouth. And here my baby's sitting with no hair whatsoever. And it, it just, I was like, you're trying to compare two different things. And so I was frustrated from the get-go and everyone just, and I, maybe they were trying to call me, but it just wasn't the answers I wanted. Um, Guilt. I went through a lot of guilt. Um, What did I do wrong? Did I do something during pregnancy? Did I feed her something that I shouldn't have? I mean, just all the things as a mom that I didn't do something right. I was a new mom. Um, We did move at 10 months. Everyone said that um, she could be stressed. Alex was just brought on by stress. And I'm thinking, how is the baby stressed? Like, I know her dad leaves from time to time, but she's, a, she's two. Like, we still talk to him. She still has communication. She doesn't know any different. Right. So for her dad to be gone, it, I didn't feel like was was a stress issue for her. Right. Um, but, you know, now I'm to the point where I, she just amazes me. Like, I went through all of those steps. And, and I, I do get scared sometimes thinking what, you know, if one day she looks at me and says, mom, like, I want to fix this and I, I can't fix it for her. But for now we walk in amazement of her and how she handles it every day. Yes. And I feel like if she ever were to come to you with that, like it would be a whole identity shift. Mm-hmm. Like we were talking the other night on the mama meetup, like to have hair. No, she knows herself for nine years or almost 10 years, like with no hair to have hair. That would be like, a whole new experience of like mm-hmm. inner figuring yourself out. Like that would be really a change, life-changing to then have hair. Like I, sh- at first when, when we would meet people and they would ask and they, Oh, I'll pray for her to get her hair. Or, oh, I hope she gets her hair. Now knowing Allie and what she wants in life, when people say that, I, I feel obligated to say, please don't just pray. She's healthy and happy. And she gets through life healthy and happy because she doesn't want hair. So mm-hmm. I don't want to curse her with it if that's not what she wants. <laughs> right. But I know not every child, like I really hope one day there's a cure or there's a, there's something for the, for the people who go through it in different stages of life that want it. But for mm-hmm. Allie, she's happy who she is. And see, because she's so happy and content who she is, she's going to change the world and inspire other people and help normalize it, make it more accepted because Absolutely. she walks with her head held so high, you know? Yes. Um, I love hearing the backstory because I, I know you guys like just the past two years. So to hear about all of this, how you got to this point is like, makes me emotional that you went through all that. And cause yes. I see Allie is this like <laughs> radiant, like confident girl, like doesn't want hair or to change, but it obviously shouldn't just lose her hair. And you guys were just happy about it. There's steps yeah. to get to this point. And it is interesting during the, our mama meetups because I, sometimes I feel bad because I'm always like, they're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Allie's so happy. Like, I feel like some moms look at me like, you're so annoying, Susan. Like, my <laughs> kid didn't feel that way. But, but I was where they were. And I think I just wanted to see that it will, and it may take eight years. It may, your babies are going to be okay. Yeah. And, and they're going to do amazing things in the world. But I too was in those same feelings. So they're valid. Yep. 
feel how you feel, take, take the process you need to get where you need to be. But one day you will come out on the other side, I promise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You and her, like, I look up to you guys. Like, I feel like if Allie can walk around this bold and confident, then me in my twenties, I can do the same. So it's amazing to see that you guys have gotten to this point of being so content and comfortable with it. You know, um, how has, you've been in part of Altarage, like two years, like when the pandemic started almost two years, how, when you started it, we jumped on board. We were so excited. I remember you called me the day that Swords Illustrated came out. Remember? Yes. And you yes, guys, we went, ran, we ran, we got like the last copy in the store. We were so pumped. <laughs> I remember that. So, I was at the beach, like wobbling with yep. my back injury and we were talking. Um, so how has Balteraj helped you guys in your hair loss journey over the past two years? Oh, it's been amazing for us. Um, I know our situation is a little different, but being military, we do move often. Um, we kind of set our journey up um, to where once Allie got alopecia, we kind of sat down and said, like, we don't want her to hop schools anymore. We know so many military families that kids thrive. They, you know, every two years they move into school, but we knew she was already dealing with something that made her different and being a military child can be hard. So we were kind of dealing with the mix of both. And so um, we had been stationed here in Memphis before. We loved it. It's a small town and we we really wanted this to be home for us, for her. Um, it did make me a little nervous because it is a small town. It's not diverse. When we lived in San Diego, I felt like Allie fit in with the rest. You didn't know what you were going to see walking down the street. And I felt like she didn't feel different. And then we moved here and I was so scared, but it's almost like this whole town has wrapped their arms around her. And this community, we go places and we'll be in a restaurant and some person will be like, Hey, Allie. And I'm like, who's that? She's like, I don't know. But because they've met her one time, she sticks out and they know her. And so it's super fun to see that, that, uh -huh. you know, but Voltaraj for us, because our community changes so much, Voltaraj is a constant for us because we can do via Zoom. I mean, it's a, one of the best things that came out of COVID because as much as I want to meet these moms in person and the babies and you, um, this is something we can do every month and it's the same community. And we, no matter where we go in our military career, Voltaraj is there for us. And so it's been amazing. And I'm so glad for the moms that are just starting this journey that you have this because I promise you, it's going to be a life changer. Yes. And you, we have you a legend or what's the word? You're, you're a vet. OG. Okay. I feel like yeah, I'm OG. You're the OG mama. That's right. There's a couple of us, but yeah, we got a couple OGs. Yeah. You, we gotta get you shirts. That's like OG Baltimore mama. Love it. <laughs> Let's see. Um, what is the best thing about Allie having alopecia for you, for her? Um, I think just watching her um do her just take her own path like she's so young and everyone's always told us like she's so mature for her age but I feel like she's hit challenges that most kids her age wouldn't do and so watching her um we've had so many situations where um uh, one that crosses my mind we were eating Wendy's her and I one day and a lady walked in and walked up to her table and just snatched her wig off and Allie was probably four and Allie's eyes was like, what did this woman just do? <laughs> and she said, you know what? I've been watching you and your daughter. I've never walked out of my house without my wig and I'm walking out of here without it. And she, she gave Allie a hug and we never saw her again. But those moments that my child can have such a huge impact on someone, just it, it does it for me. I mean, it, it really is beautiful. And to see the world, 
we get so many generous gifts and offers. I mean, it's, it's really bringing the world back together in such a crazy crummy time. And it's so interesting. Like, I love that you said that it's bringing the world back together by literally Allie, just being Allie, like, you know what I mean? She doesn't have to do anything extra. She has this beautiful look that she's carrying her head so high and people feel inclined to like connect with her. It's yes, so powerful they're drawn to her because she's just, she's accepting of everyone because she is different. And it's almost like she's the, um, just a neutral person. And if she goes to a school that, um, is in the country, but they bus inner city kids to our school. So for her, it was great because she came from the city and she's trying to adjust to being a country girl because we live in the country. But to watch her with this group of kids who, when they leave school, they live very different lives. But then somehow, she, I, I don't know, it's just, it's beautiful to watch. It's, it really is. If you sit oh. back and watch your child do their thing, and it, they, if they're different, it, it really is cool to see. Oh, I so agree. Having this difference, having alopecia makes you feel so much more connected to like minorities or like the diverse group or people that don't feel included. Like you feel so much more connected and it's so fulfilling to like meet people and connect with people. She probably wouldn't, if she didn't go to that school or didn't have this empathy or this difference, she might not connect with them at the level that she does. So it's like, it's really, really beautiful. And I, I want everyone to get to the point of seeing it in this perspective that you just broaden your audience of who you're, or your like community of who you're around, because you connect to different people because you feel what it feels like to stand out or be yeah, it, It's amazing to watch and, and to watch such young children, because I feel like that, that, that that's the generation that needs it. But then there's adults that get thrown in there too. So it's just really cool to see her, you know, bring out other people who are maybe insecure about something else and, and come out and say, Hey, if you can do it, there's no reason I need to be hiding. That's <laughs> right. Oh, I love that. Um, what, just to go the other side of that, okay. what would you say the worst thing about Allie having alopecia in your experience would be? Um, I think all the unknowns, um, if you're beginning this journey as a mom or as a, whatever your situation is, um, even if you're losing your hair right now, I think the unknown is scary, um, different stages. I can't imagine even for me, I mean, identifying now, you know, having hair on my life and then even having Allie with alopecia, I think I would go through my own feelings about it too. And so I, it's just that unknown. And, and my fear, honestly, in our situation only is Allie to grow hair because I, my heart goes out to the moms that, um, that it, it, you grow, you lose, you grow, you lose because you don't know where, you know, the emotions are. So, you know, do they want their hair? And if they do, and then it falls out again and it's false hope. And that's probably my biggest fear. And we haven't had to deal with that. So I'm so thankful for that. Interesting. Yeah. What a perspective. Cause you think you want, people mm -hmm. always think from the outside in, Oh, you want your hair. Why don't, why are you trying to grow your hair? But like the reality, yeah. like maybe I don't want it to grow in cause it could fall and all of that that goes with it. Yeah. And, um, and the emotional roller coaster it takes on it. I can't imagine. Right. But, but just being bald, it's like a, a stable emotion that you feel it's mm -hmm. not fluctuating so much. Yes. Um, with Allie's alopecia, how has it affected her sibling, Jake, or your other family members, like beyond just you and her, has it affected, just talk about kind of, uh, Jake's experience with it or how it's affected people around you guys. 
I think we've never really discussed it with Jake. Uh, Jake is now in first grade. And I do remember volunteering at like a Valentine's Day party in preschool with him. And his preschool was at her school. And I was passing out cupcakes and the little girl next to him, she looked right at me. She said, why doesn't Jake's sister have hair? And I was like, well, you know, she, her body thinks it's a germ and it bites it. And I try to make it in a, on a level she could understand. Mm-hmm. And my experience in the past is most, most kids say, oh, okay, like move on. Yeah. And this little girl looked at me, she said, I don't like it. I think you need to put a wig on her. And it, it took me back and like the inside of me wanted to be like, well, you know what? <laughs> but yeah. I was right? like, maybe I don't like you. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but the look on Jake's face was kind of like, that's my sister. Like, and in that moment, I thought I need to, I need to check on Jake because I don't think people will come at Allie, especially in their school. Allie's been at that school since first grade. Everybody knows Allie. It's a small town. Um, however, I don't think they're brave enough because Allie can hold her own too, by the way, like her personality is, you don't like it. Don't look at it. Like, you know, this is me. So she can hold her own, but Jake is different. And so Jake is very emotional and sensitive. So I feel like if someone was going to pick on Allie, they may go to Jake about it just because they can get a reaction from Jake. So we kind of walk them through and we're like, hey, you know, sisters, you know, maybe we need to explain to you and that, you know, people may comment about it. And so at that moment, so he was about four or five when I really had to figure out like, oh, wow, you're affected by this too. And so we have to look out for you. But don't get it twisted. If someone's making fun of your sister, you have all permission to throw down or do what you need to do. <laughs> yes, go Jake. <laughs> I love that. And it's interesting because you forget because it's not happening necessarily to them. But I love that yeah. you, it, you like that made you aware that you had to give him some attention and, and talk about it with him. Yeah. And, you know, we would go to places. I'm, we went to a, a, a store once and Allie handed me a $50 bill. And when I had my back turned trying to figure something out, a guy handed her money and said, go buy you something. And she said it was 50. And I said, no, it's a 20. And she said, mom, it's a 50. And then by the time it all happened, like I wanted to chase the guy down and say, no, 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 no. Like, and so then we couldn't find the guy. And so she got to keep 25 of it because he wanted her to buy something nice. So we're going to follow his wishes. But then we donated 25 to a, a charity of her pick just so we felt like we were passing it forward. But then Jake's looking at me like, he didn't give me $50. Like what's wrong with me? So then we have to explain, like sometimes people are going to hand your sister a a stuffed animal, or there's been times where she wanted a stuffed animal. And I'm like, you have 50, I'm not buying you any. And then some lady comes from the checkout and says, here, I bought it for her. And I'm like, I didn't, my point was, I don't need another stuffed animal, (laughs) but you did it because you felt bad for her. And I get it. But then my other child sitting here like, well, I wanted that one too. Oh, it's so interesting. Cause from the inside out for Jake, it's like, oh, it's just my sister. Like there's nothing wrong with her. It's just my sister. Why is she she more special than me? Yeah. Interesting. And I feel like that stuff's going to go on forever because we have such a difference that people, people don't know how to react. But I think he's smart enough as he gets older, he's going to use it to help him get what he wants. So I think it'll all balance out down the road. For sure. I love that. (laughs) Okay. Our next question. As we all know, this is a journey and there's not a finish line. We don't just arrive and are all okay with all this, but how did you get to the other side of all this? Embracing it, accepting it um, away from the anger, the guilt, and not trying to fix it and more just like accepting it. How did you get to this side? 
I recall specifically a time we were at a store and a lady was bald and she was following us around. I kind of saw her. And at this time we were pretty new to the whole bald thing. So I still didn't know the difference between someone who had cancer and alopecia because I, I just assumed everyone that was bald had, uh, had cancer, like everyone assumes for Allie. So um, I kind of had noticed her and I thought, and she kind of kept following us, you know, and I thought she's going to stop and talk. And so she finally did. And she was in her mid 20s, well, probably late 20s. And she just said, I want to thank you. And she said, I want to thank you for letting your child walk around freely bald. And she said, I too have alopecia. Um, I, my mom made me wear a wig my entire life. Mm. And then she left home and she, she, she left the state to go to college. And she got to college and she decided she just wanted to be her. And she said, I decided to walk out of my dorm for the first time without a wig. And I had nobody there to support me. I was on my own in a college dorm. And I had to do the journey alone, she said, but watching you raise her and letting her be her and have the support now while she's young, that when she does move out on her own or, and that, that moved mountains, it just changed everything for me. And that's when, you know, I stopped trying to fix it. And this is Allie and I'm going to let her take the lead. And that changed everything for us. And so I don't know the lady's name. She might be in the Baltarage group. I don't know, but she, it just was beautiful for her to see, like, you know, my mom wanted to hide it. My mom didn't want me to be different. She wanted me to fit in because it affected her. And she, she didn't want people to think I was different. But then when I decided to be me, I didn't have my family there to support me. I had to do the journey alone. And so I just, that moment for me just changed everything. And I let Allie take the reins and what Allie wanted to do is, is how we, we, we led the path and it's been beautiful ever since. Wow. That I have chills. That's a crazy story that, but it's really cool that, that, that woman could sit there and acknowledge it and be like, I, and admire what you're doing as a parent. Wow. That is crazy that she had to experience that, that she felt like she, she or she was forced to wear a wig. Wow. Um, yeah. And it was such a time for us that like, we didn't know if we were doing the right thing. Like, I've always said there's no handbook, there's no right or wrong to this because everybody's journey, I mean, there's no handbook to parenting, let's just be, you know, out there with that. But then to have, you know, alopecia, everybody's story is different. And so you don't know if you're doing the right thing. And everybody wants to judge you when you're talking about family and how it's affected us. You know, I said, put your kid, you know, family members, put them in private school. They shouldn't be, you know, like everybody wants to tell me how to handle it, but honestly, she's going to tell me how she wants to handle it. And until we have a problem, we're going to just let it go. (laughs) I love that you said, let her take the lead. I feel like we talk about that a lot, letting the girls Mm -hmm. take the lead because they're the ones that are truly experiencing it, you know? Yeah. Um, I know a lot of mamas struggle with the control aspect of it. Can you relate to that? And if so, what is your relationship to controlling her alopecia now? Oh, yeah, there was stages of wanting to control everything. And um, I think that's where a lot of my anger and frustration came in because I couldn't control it. I couldn't change it for her. Um, I thought maybe this doctor is going to tell me something different or this doctor. And we went through years and years and years of doctors. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we might get a little more information about the, the autoimmune disease, but never what I wanted to hear as a parent to, to change it for her. So, um, I think once Allie, I saw Allie take control of it, I realized that alopecia is not, if she's controlling her alopecia, it can't control her. And I think that's the biggest thing. Like 
it, when she would get lashes as a baby, like you would have an ice cream party. When she would lose her lashes the next month, we would have an ice cream party. Like we tried to celebrate every stage of it because we didn't know what was going to happen next. And then when we decided we are going to control this and we're going to control how we handle this. And she, well, she told me how she's going to handle it. <laughs> then it couldn't control us anymore. And, and I know some of the, the babies out there are a little younger, but they'll get to that point that they're going to tell you, I don't want to wear a hat. I mean, we lived in San Diego where it's sunny 99% of the time. And to get that child to wear a hat was like wrestling, you know, and, and even now she, she doesn't want to wear a hat. She doesn't want to, it's cold here in Tennessee. She doesn't want to wear a beanie. And I'm like, but it's cold. But she, she wants that head to shine. So yes. it shines. <laughs> I love what you said that she is, she's controlling her alopecia. So it's not controlling her, which is like, she's controlling how she reacts to it and how she's living her life. Mm -hmm. And it's not controlling her anymore. Yes. Allie, Allie Nicholas for president. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> um, we're going to wrap it up with two more questions. Um, what has your daughter's alopecia taught you as a woman or as a mother living in today's society? Oof, empathy, huge empathy. Um, not going to lie. Allie was a great child and I could take her in any store. She wouldn't touch anything. And I was that parent. And if you're a new parent, you're probably that parent too. You're like, get your kid under control. Look at, look at my beautiful child. She's so under control. And then it made me realize that that can change in a blink of an eye. Like you can lose complete control over your life. So um, empathy with a lot of situations. Um, I think we're a lot more patient, um, understanding. So I, I, I'm thankful for it because it has changed us in a lot of ways. Yes. I love that patience and understanding. True. This is like a whole experience of life to have alopecia or to have a daughter with alopecia like it's not just your bald there's a lot of other emotions obviously and experiences that we go through not having yeah. hair yeah all right last question susan if you had one piece of advice to share with other mamas who have a daughter or a child with alopecia what would it be um first and foremost um it's your journey it's your journey. Um, it's what's best for you and your family, your, your child that's experiencing the alopecia. Um, your feelings are valid. Go through them all. And you got to go through them all to get to the other side. So have them out, feel them out. Don't be scared to, if you need therapy, if you need to talk to someone. Um, I think for me, I felt like I had to keep smiling for Allie, um, even though she was still smiling because she was so young. But like, I had to pretend it wasn't happening to keep her going. And I don't, I don't think that's healthy. I think you, you need to get your emotions out so that you can get on the same page with them when they're ready to take control of it. And um, just, it's your journey. Nobody, don't, don't let people judge how you're handling it. If your child wants to wear a wig, let them wear the wig. If they don't, don't make them. Um, that's just my advice. This doesn't, you know, don't feel shame. This isn't something you did. You can't control it. And so the best thing you can do is just let them be comfortable and however they want to handle it is, is really the right way. Yes. Uh, amazing <laughs> thing to end on. Susan, thank you so much for coming on and being thank our you first, you're our first mama of the oh, members of the month. I love you. <laughs> I love you, Susan. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yay.